Maybe you'll find your earring too. Oh, gee, no, it's somewhere. I'll have the kids. No, Sir, party. I'll tell the kids five dollars to whoever finds it. <laughs> oh, five dollars! Give them a nickel. I'll give them five dollars. Five bucks? Why not? You are nice. I'll give them a toonie. How about that? I'll give them a quarter and call it a day. Hey, welcome to another episode of The Matt and Fiona Show. Thank you so much uh, for sticking through our very long episode from last week. Um, we are glad you're back. This one will be shorter, <laughs> I mostly promise. Maybe. Kind of. No, it'll that be... That is the plan, yes. This one will 100% be... <clears throat> 100% will be shorter. I what he promise. said. Promise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, <clears throat> today we are taking a taking a different path. Yeah. In this one, we haven't we haven't gone anywhere in this vein, at all. No, we have not. Uh, through the course of this show, so aren't you glad you tuned in for this one? Um, you will be. Today we're talking about coming home, mm -hmm. and I have no idea what sparked this for me. Normally I do. Normally I have this like this little anecdote of like something kicked it off, and nothing did for this one. Right. It just, it for whatever reason, it's something I've wanted to talk about for a while. This is and also something near and dear to my heart. It, it Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> um, heck, my heart too. Because of me. Because of you. Yeah. But, <coughs> as the title alludes, um, I want to talk about the prodigals coming home. Yeah. Because, <coughs> no, choked up. Um. It is something that we hear the story of mm -hmm. the prodigal son, right? Mm -hmm. One of Jesus's arguably best parables, mm -hmm. but it's not, it gets glossed over more than it should. Right. Because one, the modern day church does not see that many prodigals come home. Unfortunately. Very much so. But there's a lot of people who have never experienced this. Mm -hmm. right? They've got a kid that is a prodigal that they're praying for, and that kid never comes, that home. Kid never comes home. They've got a family member. They've got uh, a good friend who was in their church who walked away and, and never, never came back. Yep. Um, but it does happen. And right here. Um, and when it does, A, it's amazing, but B... A lot of times when a pro prodigal does work up the courage, because it is, it takes a lot mm -hmm. to walk back into that church that they walked out of. Yeah. Um, the, the church membership, the church family, as a rule, doesn't do a great job of welcoming, welcoming them with open arms like the parable says. So before you get into that, yeah. um, I just mentioned, we were talking about it earlier. Um, so I have a major testimony when it comes to this topic alone. It is quite personal to me mm -hmm. because I am in fact what would be considered a prodigal. So um, I'm just going to take a minute and I'm going to just share my story um, with you. I grew up in church from about six on. Um, maybe even slightly younger, but I don't really remember much than that. But um, I grew up in church 
and went to a great church. Um, and long and short, the associate pastor of the church that I initially had gone to, he had started his own church. Oh my gosh. And I was maybe nine years old at that point. Mm -hmm. And my family was one of the founding members of that church. So I was there from the very beginning and church was my life, um, at that point. And, you know, by the time I was 13, I was helping out in nursery and, um, I was in, if the doors were open, I was in service. That's just, that's how my mother at least lived. And she made it very, it was very important to her that we were in church. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, now I definitely 100% agree with that. And that's how we raise our kids. But I was raised in church. I was, if the doors were open, we were there. We were there for the Sunday services. We were there for the midweek services. Um, when it came to helping out, I started at a young age. Um, unfortunately, once I got into 16, 17, definitely around 18 years old, went off to college, um, my Christian walk fell apart completely and I 100% backslid. And, um, anybody who met me in that time frame would have no inclination that I was a Christian at any point in time. And I am not proud of those days, but I did. I backslid. I, I got into a life that I don't really want for anybody. Um, and now through that, I, I lost myself completely. Um, I did things I never would have thought I would have done. Um, but going to church was definitely not on my priority. Mm-hmm. The people that I hung out with definitely had no inclination of who God was or living a godly lifestyle. Um, you know, I was coming home when my mom was going to church and, um, that's not a good time. Now through all that, um, I can look back on this and now say, you know, God's hand was on me the whole time. And I am very grateful for that. Um, and I could see now all the people that he sent across my path. Um, whether it was at the restaurant that I worked at, um, where it just so happened that a lovely church Bible study would come every week when I was working and they would have their little Bible study and open their Bibles and they would invite me to church or, um, you know, some of my friends at college, their parents were pastors and, you know, just little things all along the way that I can always see where God's like, or where people were put into my life to kind of plant a seed, Mm -hmm. water a little bit, um, and all of that. And I'm grateful for that. I didn't listen as early as I would have liked. Um, but I could see through all that being completely black, backslidden, not going to church, living a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, I was at the bars. Um, I was not anywhere that I should have been or anywhere that my mother raised me to be or anywhere that the church raised me to be. Um, and in fact, I was actually in a, um, club in Atlantic city and somebody came up to me in a club and said, so where's God in your life? And that little phrase for whatever reason, people have asked me about God all through, you know, probably the six years that I was fully backslidden. Um, 
you know, and asked about God or God would come up. And I mean, man, I ran from it. Let me tell you, <laughs> I ran and I ran hard because I wanted nothing to do with it. Um, but for whatever reason, that that seed, that watering, whatever that was right there, it stuck with me and it never left. And I was like, where is God in my life? And I just kind of, I don't know. I couldn't let go of it. Um, that was in about end of July sometime and um, August, all through August. And I remember it clearly. I like I remember it like it was yesterday all through uh, August. It just kind of sat with me and it stirred up inside of me and something was growing and something was kind of firing inside of me and I liked it and I didn't all at the same time. But then I remember at this point, my dad had also kind of walked away. My dad wasn't going to church either. So at this point in my life, um, I was about 22, I want to say 22, 23. Um, the only person in my family going to church was my mom. And I remember going to my dad on September 6th. It was the day before his birthday. And I just went up to him. My mother was not around. My mother tried very hard to get me to go back to church, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, with her words and with her prayer. Her prayer I did not mind. Her words I did. I did. I told her all the time, stop asking me to go back to church. Stop telling me. Just leave me alone. And... Um, you know, finally, she just, I think she just shut up and prayed. She talked to God and not to me, and I was okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember going to my dad and just saying, hey, you know, I'm thinking, don't tell mom, but I'm thinking of going to church tomorrow. Um, and my dad actually looked at me and he said, you know, I was thinking the same thing. So long of the short, the next morning came. My mom always left early. She was head of the greeters and she always got to church early. Um, so as soon as my mom left, my dad and I started getting ready and we went <laughs> to church. So my mom sat in the second row right behind the pastor who I have known since I was six years old, mind you. So he had known me pretty much my, the most of my life. Mm -hmm. um, so my dad and I walked in and we walk up and we sit right next to my mother um, to say that she was shocked and pleased. I don't know which one she was more shocked or pleased. <laughs> um, and the fact that it wasn't just me or my, and it wasn't, or it wasn't just my dad, but it was the both of us. Um, so tell me God didn't orchestrate that. Just gonna throw that out there. Um, my pastor had not noticed at that point I was there cause he was facing forward during praise and worship. Uh, but once he turned around, he definitely noticed too. And um, there was something that day that I'm grateful for. And this is something that we talked about ahead of time that he, want, he wanted to talk about. But I was welcome with open arms. Mm -hmm. Nobody in that church saw me for how I saw myself. Because at that point in my life, I thought I was not worth anything. Um, my... This is what happens when you walk away from God. The enemy works on you. And through those times that I was, that I had walked away, he made, he beat me down. He made me feel as though I was worth nothing. The words that were spoken to me that were so deeply rooted inside me made me feel as though I was non-existent. Everything that God created me for, the enemy wanted me to feel the opposite. Yep. So those six years that I walked away, that's what got put inside of me. 
ugly, worthless, self-consciousness, unworthy, all of those things is what the enemy tried to plant inside of me. And he, I'm not gonna lie, he did a really good job at it. But this is what happened in those six years when I walked away from my God. Yet, I came back and when I walked in that church building, nobody saw me as broken, even though I felt destroyed. I don't cry, just so you know. People saw me as God saw me, which even though I saw myself as broken, he still, me, he still saw me as whole and restored. And there was something about that sense of, mm -hmm. without realizing it, of being back home. And it, I fought tooth and nail to get there. I actually fought tooth and nail to stay away from it. But I've made myself and I found myself back home. Not everybody does. And to this day, I thank my God that I was one who actually found their way back home. Now, once I found my way back home, there was a lot of work to do. And there was a lot of work for me to do in it because I needed to cancel out everything that happened over that time that I decided, because I made the decision to walk away from God. He never mm -hmm. wanted me to. I needed to fix everything that happened during that time that I walked away. And with the church and with my God, that was able to happen. And you know the greatest thing about it? And this is one thing that I've learned. If I was on, you know, a path... And I, you know, fell off the path and went off. When I got back, God didn't put me right back where I was when I walked away. But very quickly, he brought me to where he had planned me to be at that point in my life, regardless of what I had done. And um, I allowed God to work in me, change me, fix me. I needed to allow him. Um, but I also needed to determine that in going back that I was going to 100% give my life to God. Mm -hmm. um, last bit of this testimony. Um, that was in September. And I'm going to be perfectly honest. September to January, I continued to live my backslidden life. I hadn't quite figured it out. So I didn't come back perfect. I did not come back perfect at all. Mm -hmm. I was still going out with friends and places that I sh know I shouldn't. I didn't come back perfect, but I did let God work on me. Yeah. And January came. This is funny because I went back on my dad's birthday and then January 3rd came, which is my mom's birthday, and it happened to be a Sunday. Um, and my pastor was up there. I know sometimes he'll do the, hey, if anybody wants to know Jesus, raise your hand. We'll say the sinner's prayer. Well, that Sunday, he's like, no, no, I got to do something different. The Lord's prompting me. Anybody who wants to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior or recommit themselves, please come up to the front. He never did that. And so then I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, man, seriously, come on. And so he sat there and he said, there's one more person. And I am not allowed to say this prayer until that person comes up here. And I am internally fighting because it was September I went back to church. 
And like I said, I was still living my old life. I, I, I was not changed when I went back to church. Don't think you need to be changed before you go back to church. Get yourself back in church, please. I was not changed when I went back to church. He changed me because I went back to church. But so my pastor sat there and he's like, you know, there's somebody else and I can't, I can't, he's not allowing me, there's somebody else. And I'm fighting in myself. I'm like, I do not want to go out there because despite all this, I am a private back person. I don't want to be the center of attention. I don't want to be the main focus of anything. I am perfectly content sitting in the back row. Well, anyway, um, yeah, I got up and it wasn't until I got up that I felt this sense of relief. And do you want to know what? As soon as I got up, my pastor said, okay, we can pray now. And so that day was when I recommitted, fully recommitted myself to Christ. I still screwed up, but I repented. And I kept repenting and I kept asking Jesus to change me so that I could be exactly who he needed to me to be. But I did. I got back up. I recommitted my life and I was determined to get in the word, get in prayer. Um, I mean, it was like four months later, I tried out for the praise and worship team. I was helping out with the youth meetings. I got myself involved at church. Mm -hmm. Church and my God became my life and my life was forever changed. And I don't know, I do know where I would be, but honestly, I don't know where I would be if, if it wasn't for him. And I remember a year or two later bumping into somebody who I knew really well and having a conversation with them. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, it literally was as though that person was talking to a completely different person. And that is because they were, because I was completely transformed by the renewing of my mind through the word of God and through what Christ was able to do through me. And it was a very odd experience to feel as though somebody you knew so well was having a conversation with somebody else thinking it was you. But that's how different of a person I had become because I allowed God to work in my life. But all I want to say is, and I've never looked back and I'm never going to look back, let me tell you. But all I want to say is if you've known Jesus in the past, or even if you, you never knew him, but I, this story resonates with me. If, if you grew up in church or you grew up knowing Jesus or you grew up with a relationship with him and you're not, don't wait to change yourself to think it's okay to go back to church. Mm -hmm. Go back. Like I said, I was not changed when I went back to church and I still lived my old life for a while. But I was determined not to stay there. And just like that prodigal, when I came home, that's what it was. It was coming home. I was welcomed with open arms and I was shown grace and love. And I was seen as whole. And honestly, even when you came into my life, it was one of those things where I was like, I don't deserve this. And, you know, I just thought about it. I was like, God knew how much I needed you because he was, because God's hand was on it. Um, 
but it's because he didn't see me the way I saw myself. So he gave me what he knew I deserved instead of what I thought I deserved because I didn't think I really deserved much of anything at that point. Right. I've come a long way. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But um, I don't know. I just share all that because I want the prodigals to come home. It's time. And if you are sitting, thinking, debating, if you want to reach out to me and ask questions, reach out to me and ask questions because I have been there. And I, it is a fight and it is a battle to think that you should not, that you don't deserve to go back to church, but you do. So I know that you, when we were talking earlier, you, because you've just always been in church. Yeah. You've never had that experience of walking away, which I'm jealous for. But at the same time, I'm also grateful because, you know, God works all things together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. But through what I've been through, I'm able to help others and hopefully encourage others. But also I have a gratitude towards my God. I don't know if I would have had it if I never walked away, I mean, mm -hmm. that would have been great, but my, this is my story. This is who I am. This is what I've been through. But I have a gratitude for what Jesus has done for me because of what I've experienced. Um, but as you were saying, you know, you're prepared to welcome people with open arms. I, I think the, and we could honestly just wrap it now. But <laughs> We could. We could. But <clears throat> I, I want to, I just want to touch on one or two little quick things. One, the thing I love about your story so much, beyond the fact that it happened and thus we, we were able to meet and blah, 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 and live in our wonderful bliss that we do. But <clears throat> you highlight so many important parts, right? Mm-hmm that are synonymous with the actual story, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I, I, I pulled it up again just as you were going because no matter how many times I've heard the story, I'm continually amazed at how much it mirrors it, mm. right? And how how when you walk away, because again, Although I've not had that experience, mm -hmm. I've been in church for so long and been in leadership for so long. I've seen it happen multiple times. Yeah. And I've seen how often people walk away. And I've seen how their lives typically deteriorate, deteriorate pretty quickly. And you know what it is? You don't come back fixed. No. Prodigals never do. No. Yet most prodigals feel they can't come back until they're fixed. Yeah. And when you read the when you read the parable, when the prodigal comes home, he knows he's broken. He knows that he's not worthy. Right? Mm -hmm. In his mind. Yeah. He knows that he has been slopping pigs, which as a Jew is very bad. Yeah. And he asks his father well, he doesn't even want to talk to his father. He wants one of the servants to come out right. and just put him to work yep. at the lowest position possible because he feels he's not worthy. Yeah. And what 
I want to encourage both prodigals, but also church members. Mm -hmm. You want to be that father. Yeah. You don't want to be the other brother Mm. who's petulant and whiny about why are you showering the prodigal with a party. We need the showering. You do. If, we, if we do, if someone More walks, you know. if someone walks into church, and and heck, like again, I've seen this in we've we've dealt with this in our church, and somebody walks in and they're all tatted up, and they're kind of dressed like a bum. Um, you see the glances, yeah, right. That's not what a prodigal or anyone needs. They need the love of Christ. They need that arm around them. They need of, that welcome home. Exactly. Of, oh my gosh, I... We are so glad I thought here. you were dead. Yeah. But you're alive. There is a love in the church, or there should be. There mm-hmm. is a love of the body of Christ. There is a love in church that no matter how much the world tries to mimic it, it's not there. Right. So when they come into the church, they need that love of Christ. Yep. More than, and for those of you who are either particles like myself, or were lost and were, are now found, or, you know, grew up as a, in the world, a non-believer, not in church, and, you know, you had a come to Jesus moment in your life where you radically got saved, you know this. But I think sometimes people forget. Yeah. And we can't. It's every time someone comes back to church or comes into church. Yeah. Because again, if, if you're sitting in the pew already, you don't know where they've been. You don't know what they're doing. You Don't, don't try to figure you it out either. Well, exactly. It's not yeah. up to you. Welcome them with open arms. Yep. Be friendly. Be encouraging. Shower them with that love of Christ. Yeah. That... The parable tells us to do. Mm-hmm. Like the Bible tells us to do it all the time, so obviously. But that parable really outlines it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, the son I thought was dead is alive and yeah. he's here. So we're going to kill the fatted calf. Yep. We're going to bring the best wine. Don't drink wine. Um, <laughs> whole other story. Yeah, whole other, whole other episode. Um, but we are going to have the feast to end all feasts. Because the one I thought was lost is found. And that's how worth exactly. you are. That is your worth. It, it, this one always dovetails for me, and then we'll wrap it up, um, with the lost sheep. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it is. It, it, it's those parable, parables. Those par, parables. Parables. Oh, my gosh. Parables. I'll it's, say it for It's him. late. I'm it's sorry. Okay. Um those parables are, they're not one and the same, but they're one and the same, right? Mm-hmm. It is, I, I, I'm continually disappointed in the church as a whole where we get upset when that one is that we thought was lost is found and we have that huge welcoming party. 
and people get upset because you don't celebrate me. If it's not about you. If you're getting upset, you need to check yourself. Exactly. And I'm saying that honestly, and I'm saying that because you deserve more in and of yourself, and it's not about you. Yeah. It's about everybody else. Well, it's about the body. It, yeah, right? it, it's about the body. I and, don't fully just consider myself. I have to consider my family and my actions, and mm -hmm. that's what the body of Christ is. It's a family. So your actions need to be considered in that. You need to be as encouraged mm -hmm. and as excited about trying to find that lost sheep yeah. and celebrate when they come home. Yep. Because again, that's... That's what the word tells us to do. That's what those parables tell us to do. That's what Jesus told us to do is to seek out and, and save the lost, save the, save that one, yeah. right? If you're there and someone comes home, I, I've traveled on and off for years, right? Mm -hmm. There is, when they land the plane and the stewardess or whoever the flight right. attendant comes on and says, welcome back to Toronto. I don't care. It means nothing to me. Right. The second I walk through oh. that door and I get a hug from you. And then as, as we go further along, when I started getting hugs from the kids, mm -hmm. that's the feeling I love. Right. Right. When I walk through the door of my house mm -hmm. and the church is your house. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it, it is, it is our house. Yes. So when you walk in and you get that huge hug of, oh my gosh, we missed you so. We are so glad you're back. It's priceless. Let me tell you. If, That's what's life changing. Yeah. If I went back to church that day and I got ugly looks mm -hmm. and I got. Why is she back? Right? In those heels? Probably did wear heels that day, but I exactly. don't remember. I'm sure you did. But I'm short. I always wore heels back then. You'd never see anything. Um, this is true. But if I walked in that day and it wasn't a welcome home or a, yep. <gasps> how are you? Oh my goodness, it's so good to see you. Or just a hug or just a, oh man, we missed you. Oh, how are you? An excitement. Yep. As though I mattered. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't think I did, but to everybody else there, I mattered. But if it wasn't like that, if there was talking behind my back, if there were ugly looks, if they yep. were like parting the sea to get away from me, I don't know if I would have stayed. Yep. And if that was the case, that would have been on, if, if I didn't get back and I didn't, get myself saved, that would have been on everybody else. Mm -hmm. So you don't realize sometimes your actions, yep. how they affect somebody like myself coming home. It, but it was the best decision I ever made in my life. But I was also grateful to be welcomed with open arms that people saw me through God's eyes, mm -hmm. not through their own eyes. And some people there knew my story because, anyway, but people knew where I had been, what I had doing. They knew that I was not living the right kind of lifestyle, but that's not how they treated me. 
and I am so grateful. And because of that welcome home, and again, and again, and again, and people extending themselves to me, and people opening up their hearts to me, I made it back and I stayed, and I am so grateful for that. So anybody who is considering, do it. Take that step. We often overlook how much humility and courage it takes to come back. It was one of the scariest things for me to do. And that is, not that we have to reward it, but that is why it's so important that we can, you know, again, as as a church family. Yeah, as the body of Christ. If you have the opportunity to welcome someone home, you better take it. Please. Please. We're supposed to. Yeah. We're supposed to. It's, and I, I promised at the start that this one would be shorter, so we are going to stop now. Yeah. Um, I, had to, I had to talk a little bit. You talked the whole, anyway. the whole initial half. Um, but again, we just want to encourage you both, if you're a prodigal, come home. Please. Um, if you are a church member, Welcome them home. Yeah. Yeah, do your part. Because it's easy It's easy to pray for them. Um, it's easy to pray that people will come across their path. Right. Right? Which is really what it is. Mm-hmm. But don't stop with your faith just at the, we want the prodigals home. Right? Don't, don't just, that's not the end of it. No. Once they're home, you got to welcome them, encourage them, support them, be there for them. Be a friend to them. Yeah. Be a friend. Take them out to lunch. Um, like, I literally just had one, one of the girls, and um, she said, hey, she's like, let's just go shop at this point. She's like, let's go shopping for some CDs. You need mm-hmm. some praise and worship music. And I was baffled by it. What's a CD? I know, right? I was baffled by it, but also so incredibly <clears throat> grateful that somebody wanted to take the time. Yeah. Um, Just do it. it. It doesn't stop at... That's what we're called to do. Yeah. So... Yeah. So go do it. All right. Let's, let, let's get those prodigals home. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to wrap it there. We hope um, that you enjoyed this episode because mm-hmm. obviously this is one that's near and dear to both of our hearts a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to connect with us, if you'd like to reach out to, to you mm-hmm. um, or to me, uh, you could do that on all of our socials, uh, the Matt and Fiona Show on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube. Your- I'm also gonna say this, if you know somebody who's fighting to come back and you wanna happen to share this with them, or please do. Let them listen to it. If they want to hear a story from somebody else. Yeah. I'll be that story. Deal. Okay. All right. Um, But again, connect with us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Otherwise, we will see you next week on another episode of The Matt and Fiona Show. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you next week. All right. Bye now.